It's time to lead the people. The show for aspiring leaders at every level. If you want to boost your self-confidence, get noticed, and maximize your impact by leading others, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Matt Pepsel. Ready to lead? Follow me. I love late night infomercials that are so bad they're good. If you stay up late enough, you'll be bombarded with offers for military-grade sunglasses, copper-infused knee braces, and the like. Each infomercial depicts some ridiculous testament to the product's performance, like a boat made entirely out of super-strong duct tape. Ready to go fishing, Bob? Uh, no. While a lack of credibility can hurt an infomercial shot at a sale, it can kill a leader's career. Let's take a look at some credibility-enhancing attributes of authentic people leaders. Trustworthy character. Always remember that trust is hard to earn and easy to squander. Constructive action. Have positive aims and demonstrate your progress toward them. Consistent behavior. Play the long game by being predictable and reliable over time. Quality where it counts. Make room for the things that matter by de-emphasizing those that don't. If you're not getting the results or followership you'd like from those you seek to lead, revisit this list. Take an honest assessment of your current standing in each of these credibility areas and work to close any gaps. You won't believe how much of a difference you'll see as a result. I can remember time where I was working four jobs and all part-time, but it was a way that I could be on her schedule and be there for her, but they were four completely different jobs. <laughs> so I was driving all over Los Angeles. It felt like oh, I was every single day. Um, but, you know, she was my, in many ways, Adrian was my North Star. That was Andrea Wilson-Woods. Andrea is an award-winning author and a patient advocate. She's the founder of the nonprofit Blue Fairy, the Adrian Wilson Liver Cancer Association. Andrea is also the CEO and co-founder of Cancer University, a digital health and education company. Our conversation today is all about what I believe is a key success factor for leaders at every level, resilience. As a high achiever and an endurance enthusiast, I thought I knew a lot about resilience. That was before I met Andrea. I found our conversation moving, informative, and inspiring. Let's listen in. Well, thanks, Andrea. Thanks again for joining me today on the show. Really appreciate having you on. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Matt. Well, maybe just to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about the book and, and what inspired you to write it? Sure. Uh, the book is titled Better Off Bald, A Life in 147 Days. And it's a medical memoir that covers the seven-year period in my life when I raised my younger sister, Adrian. So when I was 22 years old, I was living in Los Angeles, had graduated from college, and I ended up getting custody of Adrian, who was eight years old at the time. And I was her only parent and legal guardian. I raised her all through my 20s until one month after her 15th birthday, she was diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. And it was very unexpected. Um, the day before, she was fine. And then that day in an ER, it was actually that ER doctor um, that saw the tumors on a scan. And that was day one of my sister's 147 day battle with liver cancer. And she died on October 9th, 2001. So it's been 20 years. And um, more than anything else, I just um, wanted to share her story because I don't think anyone could have handled cancer better than she did. Um, I certainly don't know any adult who ever has. And um, she just really took it on and she had so much courage and strength and grace and humor um, throughout that time. And it was, and it was very, very short. 
And, um, and now I've really dedicated my life to helping cancer patients and caregivers. So when I started thinking about resilience before you and I had met, and I knew that this was an important topic for leaders in organizations, I started my search and trying to figure out who's got a great resilience story. <laughs> and I went and I found uh, something in your story and in Adrian's story that I had not expected to find at all, which was a, a remarkable tale of the resilience and the spirit that she had going in. And so that's why I, I was just blown away. And I, I reached out to you and I'm so glad that you you were able to, to join the show and to you know, allow me to read the book and, and really just get to experience that a bit. Oh, well, again, thank you so much for reading the book. And I, re I really appreciate it. And I think you, you did a fantastic job of telling and, and helping us understand and celebrating Adrian's life and, and her resilience. But you developed your own. You faced a number of challenges even before Adrian's diagnosis and certainly mm -hmm. over the course of that and, and ever since. So I wonder if, if you could tell us just a little bit about your own resilience and, and how you think of that word, what it means to you in, in your life, having been through everything that you've been through. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I, I don't use that word very often, but I guess it's applicable because I just don't give up. And you're right, even before Adrian was diagnosed with cancer, um, we had some a lot of challenges, a lot of um, financial issues in my 20s. Um, when she came to live with me, I had graduated, but I was sort of lost. Um, and unfortunately, I was living with an alcoholic and, you know, I was, my life was really kind of upside down. And so her coming to live with me was probably the best thing that could have happened to me at that time, because even though I didn't want better for myself, I wanted better for her. And by being able to focus on her, I was able to get through all of those challenges. Um, I can remember a time where I was working four jobs and all part time, but it was a way that I could be on her schedule and be there for her, but they were four completely different jobs. <laughs> so I was driving all over Los Angeles. It felt like oh, I was every single day. Um, but, you know, she was my, in many ways, Adrian was my North star. I think that's a good way to put it. And, and so um, I just always wanted what was best for her. So when she was diagnosed with cancer, it was, um, it just shocked us because it finally felt like things were going really well for her, for me, for our family. And, um, and to have that happen just kind of come out of nowhere um, really, really threw us. It, it did. It's I don't know if I answered your question or yeah, not. Absolutely. Absolutely did. And, and I think that as you described that, having that North Star, having that why, you know, must be intrinsically linked with resilience. It must be a, an important critical factor to be able to demonstrate that resilience. So Adrian was yours. And in the course of your book, you described one for her, which was music. Her love yeah. of music became, you know, a, a sense of, of strength and, and an important thing for her. And she fought for that you know, pretty, pretty hard. Yeah, she did. She loved music. And her favorite musician was Dave Navarro from Jane's Addiction. And in fact, I just saw that they're having an, a show, I think actually in person, I don't know. And I, all I could think was how much she wished she could be there. Um, but, you know, she got to meet Dave Navarro twice 
during those 147 days and I had nothing to do with it. I mean, it was all her. The first time he was getting ready to embark on his first solo tour and he was going to be on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. And this is when the Tonight Show was filmed in Burbank, California. And that's where we lived. I mean, we were down the street from the studio and she and her boyfriend ended up getting tickets to the Tonight Show and she got to meet Dave Navarro and we also met Jay Leno. And, and they're both were just so good to her and so wonderful. And then a few months later for her Make-A-Wish Day, she asked for a private concert with Dave Navarro and she got it. <laughs> and um, and I've heard many stories since, just to give you kind of the impact Adrian had on people. I've heard so many stories since where people ran into Dave Navarro in LA, uh, her friends, even her former therapist, and they went up to him and said, thank you for being so good to Adrian. And he knew exactly who she was. He remembers. And um, I even sent him a copy of, of the book. Adrian's story was, was uh, remarkable. And, and the way that you told it was beautiful. I think I, I had mentioned to you separately that it was uh, disarming and lovely and everything all at once. And, and there was one story in there I, I had a thought, and I'll, I'll connect the dots in just a second, but there was a doctor that you had met that you had called Dr. No. Yeah. I was wondering if you just talk and tell us just a little bit briefly about your interaction with Dr. No. <laughs> so we called him Dr. No because he had no bedside manner. And whenever we asked if Adrian could do something, the answer was always no. You know, can she go to the beach? No. Can she take a shower instead of a bath? No. And he was horrible and to some degree dishonest. And his way of telling us that Adrian was dying was, and this is a quote, now would be a good time to take a trip to Hawaii. So instead of speaking plainly and bluntly, he spoke in euphemisms or he just didn't say anything at all. Um, for example, I never heard the words palliative care, but I know now that's exactly what the doctors were prescribing and the chemotherapy Adrian received was absolutely pointless and useless. And, you know, my frustration is part of your job as an oncologist is giving bad news. Like you're, you chose that specialty, you're going into it. And, you know, I think that also goes for leaders. Um, you know, you will have to give bad news. So there is a way to give bad news and be kind, but also don't sugarcoat it. You know, don't just gloss over it. Yeah. And, and I think that leaders don't have a lot of experience, some of them, and some are much less comfortable. And sometimes you may talk about either experiencing yourself or maybe you have an employee or a coworker who has you know, a medical issue, an, an extreme one, as, as you experienced in your own life, but also you know, all kinds of different maladies and, and things that can happen to people. Yeah. And I think being comfortable around people being in pain takes a certain amount of humanity. And some leaders, especially early career leaders, I've found struggle with that. So I, I definitely you know, wanted to, to hear a little bit about that bedside <laughs> manner. It's, it's one of those things where things are going to happen and being honest with people, making yourself vulnerable, being empathetic. Those sounds like things that uh, Dr. No certainly didn't have. No, he didn't. <laughs> and he's got to be retired now because he was in his 50s then. So well, let's hope, right? Let's hope. Yeah. Well, and so now fast forward a bit, you're the CEO of Cancer University. I'd love to hear a little bit more about Cancer University, but also in connecting the dots to our, uh, the theme of our show today, all about resilience. I wonder if you can think at all about how some of your experiences, the resilience that Adrian demonstrated, that you've experienced and demonstrated since, have they showed up at all in your leadership of Cancer University? I believe they have. Um, 
Cancer U is a, an online platform for cancer patients and caregivers to educate, empower, and engage them to become advocates for themselves during that cancer journey. And um, it's been it's been definitely really challenging. I haven't given up despite numerous obstacles. Um, the first one really was COVID. COVID killed our momentum because we were supposed to launch a pilot program first week of March in 2020. And, and because of COVID, that didn't happen. And then a whole series of things didn't happen because of that. Um, so it feels like in many ways we sort of lost the year, but I'm sure I'm not the only one. And um, other than that, I'm in you know, mostly good health. So I really can't complain. Um, the other thing that's been challenging is, you know, after bootstrapping the business for several years, we're now raising a seed round of funding. And I started thinking about this, knowing that you might ask this question. I don't know how many no's we've gotten. Like I can't even count anymore how many no's we've gotten from investors. And to the point where like I don't even like to talk to investors in Silicon Valley anymore because because they think if you have a company in Alabama that you know something is wrong with you like something is terribly wrong with you um but I just I refuse to give up I know Cancer U as we call it for short is providing a necessary service for patients and caregivers I know it's going to improve outcomes for patients. I know that we are reducing stress for caregivers, and I believe of long term we will lower overall healthcare cost. And if that those three things are not worth fighting for, I don't know what is. Mm. Well, I, my money's on you. I, I think that the reality <laughs> is, you know, if you go back to what you shared at the beginning, resilience. Let's let's keep our thought experiment going and say resilience is connected to the why. Right. Yeah. And, and something to fight for. And so in this case, you, you've experienced that firsthand and in, in your uh, relationship with with Adrian, she she showed the way. Right. And then yeah. you experienced it yourself and, and you're working four jobs at a time and all the other things that you you endured. You know, the second being the fact that your your market, like you said, that cancer is you know, your story is, is is one of many, but you told it so crisply and so beautifully. But I, I can't imagine how much education I would need, you know, to go through something like this, or, or when you think about what a service it is to provide. So, you know, that why being, being hugely important. And the last thing I think is perspective, you know, the, the perspective that you just shared, we're saying I, I'm healthy. So I, what, what do I have to complain about the, after being what you've been through a, a no, you're like, really, that's, that's what you got. Let's, let's, let's keep going. Right. So <laughs> I, that's why I say my money's on you. I, I think that uh -huh. uh, you've really, you've really set an example and, and been through the experience. I, I, I think I couldn't have asked for a better guest to connect the dots for me when, when thinking and talking about resilience. Oh, thank you so much, Matt. I'm going to take that as a big compliment. <laughs> you know, uh, I have to tell you, one of my friends, he calls me a honey badger. Oh. And if you, if you look up honey badgers, <laughs> yeah, right. they're pretty stubborn, like smart, but they're pretty stubborn um, and persistent is sort of the positive way of saying stubborn. Yeah. Um, and uh, it kind of cracks me up because I think some people would find that to be an insult, but it just cracks me up. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm a honey badger. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not giving up. So there you go. That's, that's my favorite video of all time, honey badger. <laughs> Have you seen that one? No, uh, I haven't. I'm, I'm gonna send it to you. I'm gonna send it to you. Wait, it's like a YouTuber or something. Oh yeah, you're gonna die. It's great. Oh really? It's, it's just too good. It's too. Am good. I gonna regret saying that I'm a honey badger? Not at all. Not at all. Because <laughs> honey badger don't give a shit. You'll see. It's perfect. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. But I want to make sure that I don't forget this part. So 
where can my listeners go, Andrea, to learn more about you, about Cancer You? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, for my nonprofit, which we didn't get a chance to talk about, just bluefairyfairy.org. For me personally, andrewilsonwoods.com. To learn more about the book or get a copy from your favorite online retailer, betteroffbald, B-A-L-D, bald.com. And then um, I have a gift for your listeners. Can I throw that out there? Absolutely. Please do. All right. So um, if any of your listeners are a newly diagnosed cancer patient or caregiver of a newly diagnosed cancer patient, we would like to give them a free lifetime membership to Cancer U. So all they have to do is go to cancer.university. There's no.com, just cancer.university and look for the enroll now button. And when they fill out the application where it says coupon code, all they need to put is lead the people, all caps, all one word, and they'll get a free lifetime membership. That is amazing. Thank you so much for that. I, I love that. I love that you're doing that for, for the listeners. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Of course. Tell me a little bit more about Blue Fairy. Let's talk about that with the audience real quick. Sure. Uh, Blue Fairy, um, it's full title, Blue Fairy, the Adrian Wilson Liver Cancer Association. And Blue Fairy's mission is to prevent, treat, and cure primary liver cancer, specifically hepatocellular carcinoma, which is what my sister had, through research, education, advocacy. And that's how I got into all of this in the cancer space was a year and a half after Adrian died, I started Blue Fairy. Not because it was my life dream to start a charity. <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone says when they grow up, they, you know, when I grow up, I want to do, no. Um, I really started out of a need. There was no other single organization in the U.S. doing anything about this very specific type of liver cancer. And I knew based on Adrian's experience and what I knew about the cancer that it was only going to continue to increase in this country. And it has. It's actually one of the only cancers that keeps increasing in this country while many other cancers are decreasing. And so that was actually started 18 years ago. That's mm, amazing. And as you were going through it in the beginning of the book and you're, you're letting us in on what was going on in your head and how you're, you're Googling information and trying to find anything you could and, and piece it all together. And, and I was just like, Oh my gosh, this can't be how it is today. So it, it's ultimately, it's, it's just, it's so impressive. You know what you're, what you're doing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It's time for Leaders or Readers, the segment where I take you for a quick spin through books in and around the world of leadership. Today's book is Rituals Roadmap by Erica Keswin. Erica cites the importance of rituals in the workplace and a leader's opportunities to introduce them at multiple points across the employee journey and in day-to-day -day practice. She outlines research that suggests rituals can boost employee cooperation, cohesion, and engagement. Just as importantly, Rituals can also reduce stress and the likelihood of burnout. As if these people-centric benefits weren't enough, employee productivity gets a kick as well. So rituals are a real win-win-win. Erica goes on to explain how effective rituals deliver psychological safety by way of inclusion, purpose by being infused with meaning, and performance. She cites real-world examples of rituals used at Google, Motley Fool, LinkedIn, and Kind Snacks. In my experience, teams of all types and sizes can benefit from rituals. I've successfully used rituals for team formation, rewards, and reinforcement. I've found that some of my team members have behavioral traits that particularly benefit from rituals and the strong sense of identity and consistency these can provide. If you want to learn more about how you can add rituals to your leadership toolkit, pick up a copy of Erica Kesslin's book, Rituals Roadmap. Here are my top three takeaways from today's episode. One, 
During challenging times, it's all the more important to remember your why, your North Star, to keep you focused and moving forward. Two, when you have to deliver bad news, be human about it. Be truthful and direct, but also empathetic. Three, when you struggle to find strength within, draw it from those around you. You'll have the chance to return the favor by giving back after you've had time and space to heal. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for making this investment in your leadership ability, and thanks for sharing this podcast with another aspiring leader who needs to hear it. All right, leaders, until next time, don't just manage the business when you can lead the people. Okay, I'm a honey badger. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not giving up.